On today's episode of the Grind Hours Podcast, finally, at long last, I'm doing a Jets podcast. After the worst season of my fandom, I'm finally doing a tell-all podcast. I'm not going to scream or rant about how awful Adam Gates is. I've already done that. I'm not going to cry over not getting Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, because I'm not going to openly root for my team to lose. I'm not here to give out a regurgitation of the same the Jets suck rant that the Jets faithful have heard and set themselves all season. What I am here to do is give my opinion on how things can improve from here on. How the Jets can use 2020 as a true building block to get themselves out of this endless cycle of mediocrity that they've been in for 50 plus years. Okay, okay, you'll get one Gase rant out of me. Of course, Adam Gase goes good guy before the Rams game to try to hopelessly win his job back and get the players to actually play for him, even though he's they, even though he's quit on him countless times publicly, openly in press conferences. It's clear as day he's quit on him. Of course, he now apologizes to the fans and opens his googly bug-eyed ass to see the clear writing on the wall. He's not getting his job back. Lastly, what the fuck are the coaches seeing on tape that the public isn't seeing with Gase's coaching? Is this some type of NFL fraternity Jedi mind trick that McVeigh and Belichick are trying to prop up Gase so he can actually think he can get another job in this league? Are they trying to fuck with the fans' heads to make us feel like we're the ones that don't know what we're watching? That Gase is actually a good coach? Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Out of the podcast. This should be played at high volume. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. You can either have the money and a hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. I got my old radio partner on the line. It, it, it's only right that uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Austin. I have Danny introing this podcast. She is on the lead. She's on the bump to lead into this podcast. So, I wow. Only, and it's the first time I'm using the bump. So it, it's only right, I feel, that the person that stuck us in a room together leads us into the, the first show that we do together in 2021. So, um just at, at the top, thanks, Danny, for doing that. Um, I hope you like the way that the bump came out. Thanks, uh, Carlos. And I actually didn't uh, thank uh, Carl for doing the one on uh, on New Year's Day on Friday, which we're actually recording this uh, the Saturday before week 17. So if whatever happens in the last week of the NFL season happens, we're going to get into that with the Giants. But first off, uh, Austin, with the Jets, let's start with my Jets. I started a little rant at the top. So if you have anything other than a uh, an F or an F minus or an F double minus for, for the Jets, I- I'd be shocked. What's your seasonal well, rate? I mean, I'm not going to shock you because it has to be an F minus. Let me put it this way. You know me for a long time and you know that I'm a loyal Giants fan. I bleed mm-hmm. blue, uh, but I've never been one of those fans that um, ridicules the Jets or hates on the Jets. Because you know what? They're the other New York team. And a lot of people I know and love are Jet fans. And it's all about, you know, love of the game. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something, man. Even I was furious when the Jets beat the Rams. Well, no, here's the thing. And I, I, I actually went into this at the top. I'm not going to ever root. I, I was 
I had mixed feelings about the Rams win, and here's why. I'm never going to openly root for my team to lose. Um, I, I didn't want them to go to 0-16. Uh, I, I still kind of do want Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm okay with us not getting Trevor Lawrence because it's not like the cupboard's bare uh, by any means. But I wasn't upset. Was I shocked? Absolutely. Um, you were more shocked at the Rams than you were the Jets. I, think, I was at that shocked point. that they hung on. I was shocked that the Jets hung on because they they've played they played that way a lot in this season, where they'll play decent football and then just their the Gase quits and that's that's the game. I, sometimes it's the last play of the game, like the Raiders game. Sometimes it's halftime, and sometimes like the Monday night collapse against. Uh, New England, it, it, it's a typical. I called that Jets loss, which I actually did. Down, I could, I, I'll tweet out the receipts um, when uh, when this podcast comes out that I called that Jet loss in the third quarter. Um, but it's, I'm I'm disappointed because I know how talented this team could be. Um, part of it's because of injuries. Part of it's a weird year because of COVID. Um, so, but. Downright, I mean, how many times did I go into BCR and just shit talk Adam Gates and say this guy? Is well, horrible. that's the thing. I, I've never seen. Like, there are some coaches that I've seen in the NFL that you know I don't respect. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've not liked coaches before. Uh, for me, like Chip Kelly comes to mind. Like I still can never, for, can never forgive Chip Kelly for ruining Demarco Murray. But you know, well, no, that wasn't his fault. The the Cowboys. I think did I kind of think it was. Hey, here's the leading. The Cowboys rusher. did they, they? They ran him into the ground. Um, you don't take the leading rusher and make him run out of the shotgun, but that's just me. That's the way football um, is going. Chip Kelly yeah, is I fine mean, as an OC right now. None of that. But um, as an OC. You know, Adam Gase, and it truly is a bumbling idiot, and I really don't think has any right. And I wish. That I had like a more mature, more well polished answer, but like he's he's a idiot. He's not a smart man. No, he doesn't know the game. And the fact that every Sunday I have to watch a a thirty minute show that CBS gave him inexplicably, talking about why they lost last week last week's game and why why they're probably going to lose this week's game, is mind blowing to me. But it, it, what frustrates me so much about Adam Gates is that we knew the track record. Right is there right. every jet fan like should be looking at ryan Tannehill right now in tennessee and just be amazed like that's all the proof you need well you and you know this i've said this countless times to majority of the people that are football fans that i know sam darnold is going to be ryan Tannehill, but better on tennessee but better way better and we'll get into that in the with the priorities uh, but the reason why I'm not upset, the re- I, I'm beyond upset. I'm beyond disappointed. I'm, I, I've moved on. And so have the Jets, apparently. They, they have unofficially fired Adam Gase. I'm assuming at some point, either uh, tomorrow night or Monday morning, there's going to be official confirmation that Adam Gase is no longer the head man in New York. And I'm fine. Like, I was fine with that. Two years ago. So you know what the problem is though with that is that you can I for one can sense that the GM doesn't want to fire Gase. He you know he doesn't want friends. to. They're friends. Like, the, uh, uh, but I don't knock Joe Douglas yet. Yet, 
and here's why. Injuries happen, yeah. We don't truly know what this offensive line can be, the, the one that he built up for Sam this year. Uh, Denzel Mims was hurt halfway through the year. The Jets training staff has grossly just screwed up the, the Makai Becton injury. So you've decided to uh, phase out the tight end from your offense, Chris Herndon. Well, We're not going to use him. That's, that's, that's Gase. That's not, that's not the GM's fault. That's not Joe Douglas's fault. It's Joe Douglas, in many ways, it's like a, a pitcher in baseball this year. He's getting a pass. And the reason being, at, if there was any coach other than Adam Gase, we'd have a fair assessment of how Joe Douglas's first offseason as a Jets general manager was. We, we, we would be able to know by now whether it was a success or, 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 a, or a failure, but we don't have that luxury because of how poor Adam Gase is as a coach. So I'm giving Joe Douglas a pass. He actually gets to hire a coach for the first time as a GM. So hopefully he's the guy for the job. And if not, then, I mean, where do you go? Like, you have to know the, this answer now because you have to nail this head coaching hire. You have to. It is imperative for the next window of this team. If we want to be competitive, we have a quarter. And we'll, this is a perfect transition into the, the, the number one priority. The number one priority for the Jets is, head, is the head coach because you kind of have the quarterback we don't really need to go for Trevor Lawrence because we don't truly know what we have in Sam yet. Um, and you're not going to get anything out of him anyway, because he had a bad season this year. So get him a new head coach, get Sam a, a coach that actually wants to coach him. I don't think Gase ever wanted to coach Sam. That, that's I mean, well, to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think the jets go QB per se, because here's the thing. I've said this before. Uh, I I like Sam Darnold a lot. I think so that I. there's some serious flashes there of a solid quarterback. Um, I, I think that, like we said, it was all the coaching that ruined him. I mean, you don't take a young quarterback and put him under two or three different regimes. But one guy who's not in the league anymore as an OC. Uh, yeah, you know, one guy and, who's a, one guy who's a bumbling idiot. And and one last thing on Sam and how of it, and this just speaks to his character. I'm not even going to his foot. The fact that he went on the K show every single week and backed Gase, even though Gase openly criticizes him without, I don't think without him uh, realizing it, um, doesn't want to coach him at times and clearly shows that he doesn't want to handle a football team. The fact that he backed Gase and shows how much of a team guy he is and how much of a leader he, he can be. So, I'm not punting on Sam now because one, because of the flashes that you were talking about two, because I think people in the locker room respect Sam as a leader and three, you don't just do that to a guy who still has two years left on his deal on his rookie deal and who you said you were the franchise that, that we already have a franchise quarterback. We don't know what to do yet. I've said it before. I know we're going to segue right now, but, really quick one thing i've mm -hmm. always said is uh as a giant fan and i'm just one guy with one opinion i don't speak for all giant fans i will take sam donald in a heartbeat over daniel jones wait on it wait 
Daniel Jones sh has shown that he's pretty good. We we will talk about it. We will talk yeah. about it. And I, but I, I mean, just wait, wait yes. on Daniel Jones. All the Giant fans that want to ship him off to wherever and either trade for um, Stafford or draft a QB, wait on Daniel Jones. Okay, I, I'll get into the that more with the Giants part of this, the second half of the pod. But um, biggest takeaway from this Jets season is the cupboard's not bare. We can build around Sam, nail the head coach, and we could potentially have something. Like if we had any sort of coaching this year, what's your biggest takeaway for the, for the Jets season before we go to break? <laughs> well, I mean, I think I agree with you in the sense that, you know, there was no coach this year. I mean, I've never seen a team so poorly coached and I've never seen a coach so blatantly incompetent. It was almost like the Donald Trump of NFL coaches just got up there every week and just spat bullshit and just expected you to believe it. Uh, and it, it is coaching and I don't want to take away any, anything from anyone in the draft class. Cause it's a fun draft class this year besides Trevor Lawrence. But for the Jets, it, it has to start from up top, which is embarrassing when you're an NFL right. team. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You nailed it on the head. All right, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chow Match app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year on average, Feed Hudson Valley re rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, one team down in New York, the, the, the lesser team. Now we're on to the Giants. And my piece on the Giants, as a non-Giant fan, I actually like what's building here for, uh, I almost said gangrene, big blue. <laughs> um, I like Joe Judge. I really like Joe Judge as a head coaching hire. I like the upside of Daniel Jones. It's still er too early to tell with him. I like the defense a lot. And I think what 
Gettleman's doing is he's building another championship contender. He did that in uh, Carolina with, with the Panthers. Come on. So here's the thing about uh, Dave, David Gettleman. I went from – we did a show the day after – uh, Gettleman traded OBJ to Cleveland. And yes, we did. I, I will say that my my mood has changed on David Gettleman. My attitude went from I hate David Gettleman, get him out, to somewhat cautiously optimistic. I'm not ready to give him my full trust yet, but I mean, the OBJ trade has seemed to have, seems to have worked out. Uh, you won the trade. Because, you won you know, the trade. We won the trade. Um, it is safe to say you now. Know, uh, just as a team, it's really interesting that we can win the division tomorrow and still get a top 10 draft pick. What an interesting position to be in. So I got into a fight with um, with someone on Twitter. That person may or may not uh, be coming on this podcast. Uh, Sean, please get back to me on that. Uh, but I got into a fight with now Gary Sanchez resurgence bandwagon, formerly Greg Bird resurgence bandwagon on Twitter about the winning the division versus getting a a higher draft pick. Uh, I am under the camp of just make, what's the downside of making the playoffs? You get all these guys playoff reps, you actually win. And that's the whole point of sports is to win the game. You play to win the game. Hello? Yeah, our situation draft-wise isn't as dire as the What's Jets. the downside and, of winning the playoff, of no, winning the division? Seriously. There is no downside. I think the only downside to that little four-game winning streak the Giants had back in November, the only or, or December, excuse me, the only downside is that it, it, some Giant fans took it as like, oh, we're real, we got our groove, and it's like, no, 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 we're still very raw. The Giants are a raw team. I believe we're the youngest defense in the league. I think so, too. Um, I think we're very, true. very raw and a lot to prove. So, you know, that win against Seattle was the biggest win of the year, but, you know, we had to play Arizona and Baltimore. I think that was a very sobering experience for Giant fans who thought that we were back because we're not back, but... Um, Joe Judge has the confidence of the team. The team rallies around Joe Judge. And quite frankly, I like Joe Judge a lot. Uh, I think that he has potential to to be a great coach. And I know you don't agree with this opinion. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. Uh, I think that – I really think that physically he doesn't have the the makeup to be a quarterback in the NFL. I think his hands are too small. I don't think he can take a hit. You know what I think he needs to do? I think he needs to do I, – I wish the Giants had a savvy veteran quarterback that Daniel Jones could sit behind and watch for a couple of years. But more importantly, hit the weight room because that formula worked so well with Aaron Rodgers. That's what Aaron Rodgers did. He sat back and watched and hit the weight room the whole time and got bigger. And, you know, I'm not saying Daniel Jones can be Aaron Rodgers, but get his body, get his body mass up, make him uh, more durable for an NFL game. Well, here's a couple of things on that. Hand size doesn't matter. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. Kyler Murray. I think hands, I think him. I think him leading the league, leading the league in fumble or or, or being the quarterback that fumbles the most, uh, shows that hand size does matter. And Kyler Murray is much better at evading a tackle than Daniel Jones is. Kyler Murray's hands are small. Drew Brees' hands are small. They're fine. 
You know whose hands are bigger than Daniel Jones? I'm almost positive. Carson Wentz. Guess who's number two in fumbles lost? Carson Wentz. Hand yeah, but here's the thing. Doesn't matter. That's here's the thing. A bullshit it, it, excuse. No, it's not a bullshit excuse. It absolutely matters. Kyler Murray can get out of the pocket and scramble. Daniel Jones. Breeze. Or, breeze. Hello. Breeze has a better offensive line. Exactly. Than- that's the point. That that's that's your problem. The offensive line has not been sturdy enough to give this to give Daniel Jones time. It's the same problem with. Uh, Sam Darnold from majority of his career. There's no. Yeah, but line. you still you still want your quarterback to be able to take a hit if he has to. That's a that's a generational. Granted, thing. he shouldn't be. That's a generational thing. Granted, Nobody he shouldn't. Knows. Granted, he shouldn't be get he shouldn't be getting hit as much as he is, but he he's getting hit, and thankfully he's not getting hit as much as Joe Burrow. Every single offensive lineman on the Cincinnati Bengals should be paying a fine, or be charged with a misdemeanor because they almost killed that kid, and, you know. It's just, it's not the same. I like every time Daniel Jones gets hit, I have to hold my breath. Uh, that's not the, necessarily the same for Kyler Murray or Drew Brees. The getting, not knowing how to take a hit, I think is a generational thing. I think some guys like Burrow are just built differently. But overall, I mean, you got a group of quarterbacks that, that are growing up that you really, you can't touch them. So if you can't touch a guy ever, then when they really get rocked, they're not going to know how to take a hit. I don't you know, put that on <laughs> Daniel Jones. I put that on the rules of football. Yeah. That being said, and I, I will I will concede this much. Um, I was one of the naysayers saying that I wish we got Dwayne Haskins, and look how that worked out. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> there we go. You you can eat crow on that one. I, and to be fair, I was with you in that camp. So let let me let me join you in that. The problem I think the biggest problem and the biggest priority for the Giants is to get one more weapon I don't think Golden Tate is that great of a receiver anymore I think you need a legit number two option I think Sterling Shepard has shown that he can be not an elite receiver in this league but good enough and I think solid a solid number right two. yeah well I think he could be a, a decent number one. He's not going to be Adams or Hopkins or Well, I don't think Thomas. he's going to be number one because I, don't, I think the Giants might go wide receiver in the first round. I would still go offensive line. I, I think that's their biggest need. Um, the guy that they got from Georgia, Thomas, is solid. I think if you get another uh, offensive lineman center, any, at any position on the, on the, you know, on the line. The thing about helps Daniel Jones well, a lot. The thing about the offensive line though is that our offensive line wasn't at full strength from the jump because um, our our right guard opted out. Right. Well, that's so we had we had to move our rookie to right guard. That's not his natural position. So, you know, let's see how the offensive line holds up next year. Let's get Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Give give Daniel Jones this sick weapon. If you're not going to go wide receiver, then get pass rush uh, where it needs to be. If they don't go. You don't like um, the pass rush now? I think it's aggressive. And I think that's good. But also, I don't know. When I look at the defense, I, I like our secondary. James Bradbury is a revelation. I think if you get another uh, weapon, either through free agency or the draft offensively, I would not I would not go off a uh, receiver first round. It's not that deep of a class. And I think a lot of people are going to go receivers earlier than you. Um, even if you do get the sixth overall pick, I think 
the teams that are picking don't need quarterbacks, and there's only really one truly good quarterback in Lawrence. Justin Fields is – I think he can be good, but he's not going to be – he's not Lawrence. All right, man. Um, so I think – oh, seasonal grade for uh, for the Giants before we get out of here. You know, I don't want – I'm, I don't know if I want to pass them because it was it, you know, it wasn't great. Uh, I'll uh, say I'll say. Listen, I'm, they're my team. I'm going to be tough on them because I love them that much. Uh, I'm going to say a C. I'm going to say a right. C because the uh, Joe Judge is coming into his own as a coach. The fans like him. The players like him. They can win the division tomorrow, but don't get it twisted because this is still a a team that is going to be very early in the draft. We're not a great football team. We're a very raw football team with potential. So give them a C. They passed this year because of the great moments, but, you know, they can be better, and I think they will be. I'm going to give them a C plus. I think this team is a playoff team. I don't think it's a championship contender yet, but I definitely think on a yearly basis, this team has the potential of being a division winning or wild card winning team, especially if they're going to expand the playoffs. I don't think yeah, next week, three wild card games. Right. So I, I don't see how this team doesn't on a yearly basis with the projection of everything we just talked about. Plus you have a solid general manager. He might not be the best, but he's certainly not the worst. And he's building a championship contender here. I'm going to give him a C plus because like many people, I didn't expect much of this season, especially after Saquon Barkley went down, I think what they're doing as a collective um, is very impressive, and I don't think it's fake. I, I really don't. I don't think this is going to be a year where it's just putting lipstick on a pig and eyewash of oh, what look at what we could be, and then and then nothing. Like it, this isn't um, 2016, 2017. I think this is actually for real. I hope you're right, man. All right, on that note, uh, Austin, the stage is yours. Red carpet's rolled out for you. Tell the people where they can find you, what you got going on, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, uh, hey, as always, thank you for having me. It's always great to be uh, to relight that flame, man. It makes me feel like I'm back at Brooklyn College. I love the nostalgia. So uh, always thanks for having me. And as far as my social media, you can find me uh, on Instagram at your boy Santi, Twitter at Air Santi. Um, th- those are my big two, and uh, my blog, Austin and NYC where I just post a lot of my old work from my college days and new stuff that I'm working on with CBS and, um, you know, trying to get that stock up. You know how it is. I know exactly how that is. Um, pleasure's always mine. The invitation's always open. The next time that you come on, we got to talk about, I'm going to tease this for the next time you come on about your NBA fandom, because if, oh, if, if you've been I... following the walk on for a long time, uh, the the shift that is happening um, will shock a lot of people. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But the ne- next time you come on, we got we got to talk some NBA, uh, especially because uh, I want to know your opinions on uh, on my Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I can't, you can't, I cannot wait, Joe. You know, you already know a little bit of my opinions. Uh, you've called me president of the Cupcake Club. You are the but, president uh, of the Cupcake Club. But yeah, well, I can't wait to talk about that in depth. Well, I'm I'm gonna have you on. Uh, let's let's try for the beginning of February. That that gives um a little bit a little bit over a month of of NBA action. So I, it'll be a good jumping off point to dive in 
Yeah, man, um, book it. And, and, and put a staple on the season and, and, and see where we're going. Early MB, MVP talks, the whole, the whole deal. All right, man? Ooh, it's going to be fun. On this side of the coin, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. And of course, this podcast. If you're new to this podcast, please like, subscribe, share with anybody who you see fit. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review and download the podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on, download the podcast. It means more show than you think. Uh, later in the week, we got a little bit more baseball talk. It's going to be a good, fun one. I'm uh, expanding an article again, so I'll be on the lookout for that. And uh, until next time, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.